0: This episode has been brought to you by GameFly.com. Sign up for a premium-free 30-day trial specifically for you at the following URL, GameFlyOffer.com RPGamer. editorial roundtable podcast I'm Scott Walker and tonight my co-hosts are I'm Sam Wacht. hi I'm
1: Michael Cunningham and we do this podcast pretty much just for a few people and I think um, this episode we're dedicating to disa because yeah we love her you're one of the, one of the ones we do this podcast for not the only oh. one
2: but one of them
1: that's so sweet. <laughs> I say that is—that's the only comment we got on the last episode. So.
0: Well, no, no <laughs> one comments on us. That's just nobody
1: comments
2: on anything.
1: Yeah, we're not commentable. Give us comments, fools! Give us comments. You might get something free. Next episode.
0: I, I should remember that that is a thing I can do for people.
2: Do you like lying to people, uh, Michael?
1: No, they may get something free. It may just be a thank you from me, but it could be. <laughs>
2: But it and could I be mean, an I've tangible I've thing.
0: also given out genuine certified Marvel no prizes to people.
2: That's yes, you have. You
3: oh, I, I have a code for a free 1 month subscription to Marvel Unlimited. All right. So. that's a great <laughs> gift. Trent, you should say um, your name. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh Trent Seely. Uh I write editorials and I'm with my future wife uh, expecting a baby to come sometime in the next month and a half. Oh Oh my god, I thought you were about to say during this podcast, and I was like, holy crap,
1: (laughs) that's some dedication
3: right there. Well, you're at what, eight weeks? That would be pretty intense. Yeah, we're we're less than seven weeks now, it's kind of crazy. Oh god. Yeah, there's going to be a a tiny little Trent running around soon. Oh dear. I know, it's terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) It's exciting and horrifying at the same time. And he's not
2: named after a breakfast sandwich.
3: And he's not named after a <laughs> breakfast sandwich. I, I like to reserve that just for our pets.
1: Oh, now, did we miss a name announcement? Or, because last uh, I heard it was going to be Reuben or... Reuben.
3: Tuna. <laughs> tuna. <laughs> no, no, we, um, Scott and I
2: wanted Benedict.
3: Yeah. Well, well. I mean, you guys are, are like my family. And uh, anyone who takes the time to listen to this podcast, I would also extend uh, fam- familial status so, yeah, the name that we currently have is Grayson Charles Seely. Oh, nice.
2: That's lovely.
3: Yeah, it would be a bit awkward if you guys were like, oh, God, that name, just awful. Why would you ever choose that for your child? <laughs> <laughs> to, to be fair,
2: I think Grayson is actually just a lovely name, so. How are you going to well, spell
3: Grayson? That's what I want. Uh, G-R-A-Y-S-O-N. Okay. Grayson, yeah. Okay. Not like is, Canadian it, spelling?
1: Some weird I, spelling I, I would, with a Y in it, or, like, <laughs> I mean, like,
3: S-Y-O-N, or just some weird... I, we could have done some sort of funky Celtic spelling with a, with an A-E instead of a Y, you know? So,
2: Great
1: Yeah. <laughs> Can I just go on a tangent, too, about how I hate odd, like, poor spelled names? Because I feel bad for the kids that always have to be like, no, it's not spelled this way, it's spelled this way.
2: We're going to talk yeah. about Nintendo tonight. Well, first we should
0: mention that this marks our third anniversary doing this thing.
2: Congratulations. Congrats.
0: Nobody to, uh... bought us a cake.
2: <laughs> so we need a cake. If someone would like to make us a cake, that'd yes. be awesome. Lark- you,
1: all you need to do is send pictures of you eating it.
2: Yep. Um, or you so. can join the San Marcello fan club for I guess it's nine ninety five.
1: Yes. Join the San Marcello fan club today. Nine ninety five. I just picture somebody ripping off that little scene from Punch Out, where it's like, "Join the Nintendo Fun Club today, Mac," and having a picture of me down there. And I see like one of you all is Canadian Bear Hugger, and <laughs> oh my god, that would be amazing! Uh... Join the Samuracho Fun Club today, <laughs>
0: little Mac. That's
2: that's amazing, and I can't get that image out of my head now. Thank you.
0: Let, let, it's Nintendo-related, dang it. Yeah, okay, so today we're talking <laughs> about how Nintendo has always been doomed. Always. Um, even all... if they're
1: most successful.
0: E- e- even back when they were making Hanafuda cards, because those could have been banned at any time.
2: <laughs> but they were! <laughs> Nintendo. I'm getting the dirtiest right. look right now because I may have also just put my fingers out in a shooty A-type pose. <laughs>
0: All right, So so Nintendo as a video game company entered the market at a point where everyone thought video games were dead and then <laughs> their response to their competition was to push deeper into toy stores which everyone thought meant they were dead and mm-hmm. then let's see uh, they didn't uh, they, they stayed on cartridges and had a stupid controller which was <laughs> and everyone thought they were dead and their competition mm-hmm. was like hey you you all hate dealing with Nintendo and Sega, right? Let, let's open this thing up. And after that, they had another stupid thing, which was the GameCube.
2: I like the cube. See, It had a cube
3: handle. It did.
2: it did. Why did it have a handle? It would have made a perfect purse. I'm not going to lie.
0: It's out <sighs> there.
3: I I actually can we comment on that for a second because I love that they took the time during the switch presentation to focus on the fact that the GameCube had a handle. (laughs) Yes, as as if anyone used it to make the system more portable. Like this was not like you you didn't just
0: you know it it wasn't just a grab and go thing. You had to unplug it, bundle up your
3: cords. It was as convenient to move as any other home console was. Yes.
0: Now,
1: let me go ahead and tell you a quick little story. Back in college, one of my friends bought a GameCube, got the cool purple one with nice. the handle, and he would bring it back and forth between his apartment and my apartment and play Resident Evil on my TV, because I guess I had a better TV <laughs> and he just wanted to hang out over there. So it really did help him carry that system back and forth. Yeah, and, and then then he had to have a different bag
0: with a handle for his for everything else in his bundles of wires, right?
1: Well, yeah, he had like a plastic Walmart bag that he carried all the other crap in, so it really wasn't that helpful, but still.
0: He could have just had put the cube in the Walmart bag, too. Yeah,
1: but it had a handle. That's what you're supposed to use it for.
0: Okay. Yeah. So the GameCube was saved by a small library of games, and the fact that it had four, four ports in the front, something uh, NOA wanted over NOJ's, you know, objections. Because
1: then- everybody played it with four players.
0: Oh look! Look, there's there's still just so much goddamn wankery over Smash Brothers.
2: It's true.
0: I mean, yeah, okay,
1: you do make a good pro of Smash, Smash
2: Bros. players still use GameCube controllers, and you know that's this is just what Matthew tells me. Yeah. Remember, he's thirteen. What the hell does he know?
1: How old was he when the GameCube came out? One.
2: He was he actually. Let's No, younger.
0: He, he he was he was not younger,
2: younger than, than one. Yes, you
0: can. You can be not a, existent. You, you, you can be a spermazoa. Oh. Uh,
2: you know wow. what? Like I said, he's he's young, and okay. you know he pays attention to the internet, and the internet's always right. So.
0: I feel like
1: this is the most anybody's talked about the GameCube on any of our podcasts.
0: <laughs> uh, no, there was outside that, of
1: maybe a backtrack. There was
0: the backtrack episode where we had to do every GameCube up. Uh, cube RPG in one sitting for some oh, so that was reason. like
1: 30 minutes or something?
0: <laughs> well, they, they had to oh, deep dive. Sorry, they had deep titles. dive for import-only titles to make it really work.
2: And there wasn't that many of those either.
0: We talked about Super Robot Wars GC. That's how that's how desperate we were to fill time. Oh,
2: wow. I mean, then there was that Wii thing, which everybody and their grandma had, because senior centers and libraries, we liked the Wii. Yes. Hey, my
1: grandparents had a Wii, and my in-laws had a wii and another older couple that was friends with my in-laws had a wii and so did yeah they own more and, than right, three just,
0: games between them
1: they they all own uh sports other than wii sports they own Wii play and like usually one other game that they'd found at walmart cheap <laughs> that they never actually played but owned yes and Something so like so Big the Grand wii academy or, Real, or some kind of bass fishing probably I don't know. Yeah, this so is Tennessee of course they had some bass fishing game
0: <laughs> So the Wii is like Monopoly everyone had one in their closet but no one can really say they spent a lot of time with it. And the Wii U is apparently dead already yeah. <laughs> It's <laughs> because
2: you didn't play your Wii U Scott. It's because you didn't play your Wii U that it died You, you can't Nintendo hang this on me
0: back. You can't hang this yeah. on me
1: I think we just did, and we're going to continue doing so.
0: I've...
2: I want to point out, it's Scott's fault because he had to have all the Platinum games, and uh. apparently there was that one point where Nintendo was like, we have the Monopoly on Platinum games! And Scott was like, well, now I have to buy a Wii U. Honey, can we buy a Wii U?
0: Never mind that Sam also wanted one.
2: Uh, it's a Mario Kart could... machine, okay? <laughs> I'm okay with this.
1: Hey, Super Mario 3D World is amazing. I will it, say that is that. a
2: great game.
0: And then we follow this up with the Switch, which is a pile of gimmicks that is too expensive and under supported and all the other things that have been wrong with Nintendo machines for the past but ten you can years. Take
2: it to the bathroom with you.
3: I think Right. I, up my alley. I, I think it's a bit presumptive to just put that all on the table. and uh, that that's some serious I Michael think Patcher e- analyst. E- e- Jargon, right there. Everything so. that is
0: wrong with the last two generations of Nintendo machines is present here, and it's more expensive.
2: Uh, actually, I want, I want, I want to hear. Oh, a-
0: except one more nail in the coffin, because you know how devs have gotten pampered royally when it comes to porting, and of course the Wii got left in the dust because you couldn't port to that control setup. Uh, allegedly, uh, I'd just like to point out that the. Uh, Switch runs runs Nvidia chipsets while everyone else runs AMD. So so there's work. You're 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 asking third parties to do work again.
1: Hey, we're getting Skyrim. We're getting Skyrim. (laughs) A nine-year-old game on the toilet (laughs) that you can play on the toilet on a bus on a bus (laughs) toilet.
0: What's the battery life on it? What's the battery life? Your
1: battery life is long enough to last all the way to somewhere where you're on the toilet on a bus. Okay, so before we dive
2: into the idea that Nintendo is doomed, I actually want to hear from Trent. Because, Trent, I feel like you were very upset with what Scott said. That's the first thing. And number two, I agree with you that it is incredibly presumptuous. And number three, defend the Switch for me because I'm not sold.
1: Ooh, I'll do that part. You take the first part. Let me defend it.
3: I'm <laughs> sure. um, so freaking buying one, baby.
2: Of course you Let's take
3: are. a step back. I, I, I just feel like it's so easy for everyone to flaunt their opinion. <laughs> and I, I write opinions. Like I, I love opinions. But talking about something that we understand from a conceptual level, but we don't understand everything from the ground to the ceiling quite yet, We don't know so many things about this platform. We don't know what the first year is going to be like. We don't know what the base is going to be, which is gonna dictate a lot of its third party support. We don't know if developers are really gonna use the functionality attached to the Joy-Cons. We don't know if there's gonna be uh, any problems with the transition from the the couch to the park bench or to a party. This thing could pick up steam. It could it could be legitimately revolutionary. It could also not be and service niche gamers. But any fan of the Vita will tell you that if a system can service you in some capacity it isn't hugely popular, it can be a successful system in some right.
0: Well, and this and is I where I get it's, to it's just first point on the It's just a bit too unfair and
3: harsh to write off a system in in its entirety before it's even launched, Absolutely. based on precedents set by previous releases. See, and I don't think there's much stock in that opinion in particular, because the biggest challenge the Wii U had, that the Wii didn't quite have, and that I don't believe at this point the Switch has, was marketing. The system was poorly marketed, its features were never clear, and it seemed more like an add-on to the Wii. And I know everyone talks about how it seemed like an add-on to the Wii, but even in its launch presentation, it, it really did seem like it was just a controller. Whereas with the Switch, we have a brand that really signifies something new, something different. And all the marketing is so fixated on providing similar experiences to other consoles, certainly, but also unique experiences. And not just unique because they're Nintendo first-party games, but also because you do have that flexibility of play that at this point in the game, you don't have with those other systems. So again, I just, I feel like, it is too presumptuous to say this is going to follow the exact same tropes as every other Nintendo system, because discrediting the fact that not every Nintendo system has followed those tropes, we just don't know enough at this point, and we won't know enough until probably a year from now.
2: And I
0: th- all right, actually but think that,
2: those are all
0: fair points. Well, we're, we're going to unpack those, because because they're on my list, because I know how to poke, tri- push Trent's buttons. <laughs> <laughs> but the first point I would do want to bring up is, how do we define success? Because, I mean, my I titled this episode because everyone is insisting that Nintendo is destined for failure every time it does something, including Hanafuda cards. But, I think at the same time, uh, we have to understand that there's, they have never posted, they, in their history, they've only posted, like, two quarters with actual net losses. Mm-hmm. So we can say that they've never floundered or never struggled, I think. We have to say, look, they are not setting the world... Is setting the world on fire the only win condition? Because I'm going to bring up an analogy to Apple computers. Not now, like 15, 20 years ago, when, you know, Apple was 10% of the market, but they insisted the better 10% of the market. And, you know, Apple never died. Apple was humming along and making... Idiot-proof boxes for your grandma to do things on. And, you know, eventually becoming the de facto thing you have if you're an artist. And I think Mm -hmm. Nintendo's machines are the de facto console you buy when you have kids. You don't even really think about it, right? It's like, I have an 8-year-old, I need a Nintendo machine.
1: Alright, this is... You wanted to know about definition of success. And I think that Nintendo has, since the Wii era seen themselves as not a 100% direct competitor to Sony and Microsoft. They're not trying to be. Other people try to shoehorn them into that, but they don't try to be a direct competitor to those. They know that they are either going to be a primary console for Nintendo fans or families and a secondary console for many gamers. And they're totally, they open that up and they do a great job with it because families enjoy playing things and I say families and it can just be, you know, groups of friends, it can be kids and adults, it could be, you know, young kids, older kids, college, you know, middle age. It doesn't matter. But it's easy to get something like Mario Kart out and to have groups of people play that. Splatoon, you get plenty of people wanting to, you know, swarm around that. You've got so many different things that they know their niche. It's not gonna be, you know, we're gonna hit the hardest specs we can going to get up there because i don't need as you can see when you compare like the xbox one and the ps4 i don't need two systems to do the exact same thing and i sure as heck don't need three systems to do the exact same thing so you know it really is it, people joke about this all the time and they say nintendo will zig when everybody else is zagging and they do there's nothing wrong with that it's not going to be for everybody it's not going to be something that everybody's in love with neither are the Xbox One and PS4 they're not for everybody but I like what they've done this time around I think it's what the Wii U was kind of intended to be but the Switch really is a you know it's a brand new console it is completely portable at the same time as being a home system so it brings that environment together and you know I'm the target audience for this I I will be totally totally a based
0: gamer yes
1: You know, somebody that wants to take the system with them anywhere they go. If Sony or Microsoft was to do something like this and have a system you could pick up, carry with you, take wherever you need to when you're not playing it on the TV, I would totally be on board with those two. This is just my ideal system because you've never had that before. You've had remote play. You've had things like that. Remote play is not 100% you know, reliable all the time, have to have a network connection. It's tethered to a console. It's not something you could just pick up and take with you. This is exactly what I want from a system. That doesn't mean it's going to be the most successful thing ever. There may only be a handful of games that ever come out for it that I really like. Xenoblade 2 is coming, so that's an automatic win for me. And I just hope it falls in line with the original Xenoblade. I, I would have said the same thing about Xenoblade X before it came out, and then that one failed to impress me. So there's no telling how it's going to turn out, but from the get-go, this is the ideal system for someone like me.
0: Also, there's a good chance that the Joy-Cons will come in cooler colors later on, which is also <laughs> important to the portable gamer, right? It needs to come in cool colors.
1: I think we had that talk last time, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's got his uh, cool Lime Vita and... I still have an orange one in my card. I didn't buy it after last episode, but...
0: <laughs> it's there, waiting for you, so that you can have one upstairs and one downstairs.
2: See, my, my frustration with Nintendo, and it has been a frustration for the last couple of years, is never about the hardware for me. It mm-hmm. is about the software. My, right. my frustration just comes from the fact that it's... They can never seem to hang on to third-party support for their consoles. They can always do it for the handhelds. Um, but not so much with the consoles,
0: well, and that's another historical thing, right, because the Nintendo seal quality was yeah. not about making sure games were good, it was making sure that every third party danced to Nintendo's tune until publishing date, and then it was they and then when Sony came in with their new thing that was based on being screwed by Nintendo, they found a bunch of guys who felt screwed by Nintendo and took them away. <laughs> And
1: well, let me ask Sam,
0: their, their increasing sort of circular business models when it comes to what they put together and how they interface with third parties uh, just nudges yeah. them farther away. Ask your let question. me ask Sam
1: this question. I would like to know, since, like you said, the, the consoles have not been your thing because of the lack of third-party support, would you really want the same multi-platform games there, or would you rather see the third-party support, like the handhelds have gotten... On Switch, because with it being a hybrid, I know it's not replacing the 3DS, but it's still filling the same kind of niche that the 3DS has. And that's more what I'm looking for. there can be
0: some overlap.
2: That's more what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for the multi-platform, because again, I also don't have an interest in that. But Hmm. what I love about the 3DS is the amount of... There is so much versatility in a lot of the titles that exist, third-party and first-party. What I found, especially just looking at the Wii U based on the handful of Wii U games I have, it's the same crap that we've seen since the Super Nintendo days. Other than Splatoon, I have not really felt passionate about Nintendo first party. Kirby, I still religiously buy because Kirby, they always are still trying to do different things with. And that's more a Hal Lavery's thing than it is anything else. But I look at Mario Odyssey, for an example, And I think it just looks stupid, if I'm being honest. Well,
0: okay, The idea of having
2: Mario in the real world, to me, just... It doesn't appeal. (laughs) Well, I thought he was from the
0: real (laughs) world. The booklet told me he was (sighs) from
2: regardless. Oh, guys, guys, guys,
3: guys, guys. Okay, first of all, I think that's just one of several worlds. And I I think it's kind of crazy. I think it's also kind of crazy for you to look at a game that is being modeled after... Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, in the sense that you have this free roam ability to explore different environments from a perspective that isn't top down and to say outright, I don't want to play this game because I think the humans in the realistic world <laughs> that's, look weird. That's
2: not actually why, though, I have an yeah. issue with it. Yeah, I, I don't want to Super... play it
3: because it's like Super Mario 64. Uh, that's
1: actually
2: <laughs> my, that's reason. Listen, that's listen, my reason. That's my reason as well, to, to eat, actually.
3: To each their own. To I know no own. no. Right. I, I
2: respect that there are people who are going to like who find Mario Odyssey interesting. Um it's the same with Breath of the Wild. I look at Breath of the Wild and I go, let's see Nintendo embarrass themselves with the idea of how to do an open world game that isn't developed by monoliths off.
0: Well, okay. And this is it. There's and I know that's again a Mono- not
2: a fair statement what? to make.
0: What? <laughs> Monolith Soft is working with them.
1: Honestly. Oh, I know
2: that. I am well aware that Monolith Soft is working on it but, with them. But
1: so it's more of a tech thing than a that, game design that's thing? That's
2: what I mean. I am actually nervous for Breath of the Wild because I look at it and I go, this could either fall completely flat on its face, mm-hmm. or it'll be the surprise darling that no one expected to... But-
0: Th- that, well, no, that, it's going to be beauty. the worst that... Zelda ever until 10
2: years oh from gosh, now, guys, where it's guys, guys,
3: great. Guys, uh, you're, right, you're killing me. You're, you're killing me. You're literally killing me, this podcast. Like, the beauty of everything that's happening with Switch and Nintendo and Zelda right now is how unpredictable it is. It's the fact that Nintendo, in a world that seems increasingly focused on frame rate, resolution, technical specs, predictability, is willing to take risks. I don't think all those risks are going to pay off. I think some choices aren't going to mesh well and are going to rub people the wrong way, certainly. But the fact that there's a company that's willing to put themselves out there and do something different, even if it's weird, I think is commendable.
2: I have nothing against them taking risks, Trent. That's not what I'm saying, because when I feel... Like, again, I look at Mario Odyssey, I look at Breath of the Wild, they're interesting ideas. But I also look at it and I go, these are the same goddamn franchises I've been seeing since I was a child. I want to see more.
0: And at and, the same time... And that's my frustration. It's, it's these two names over and over again, yes. right? Yeah, I mean, Nintendo is sitting on a mountain of IP that just goes unexploited. Like, Miyamoto has said that he doesn't want to do another... Uh, F-Zero, because he doesn't, he can't think of something to do other than uh, just make it look better, and maybe have more courses, and I'm sitting here Going like, <laughs> you you haven't made an F-Zero, like, that. that's all well and good for you to say that. It's all well and good for you to say that you don't have an idea for F-Zero, so you don't want to make one. But guess what? You're not printing GameCube discs of it anymore, you're not making GameCubes. Unless it's available... Then you may as well ask farm out one of your teams and say, "What do you got for an F zero this this decade?"
3: <laughs> okay, Scott. I, um, here's what we're gonna do. Oh, no, I got a question you. for Trent here in a second. No, I, 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 Scott, I'm I'm making you the president of Nintendo, and okay. you get to decide which games get to move forward. Okay. All right we need to create a higher install base for our new console now are you going to greenlight a game that will sell nine million units and will provide an install base of five million units or are you going to greenlight a game out of principle because you haven't seen it in a while that will sell 1.2 million units and add an install base of five hundred thousand dedicated players well at the same time keeping in keeping in mind that you have limited development resources Okay. No, I think that's what no. he said,
1: though. Yeah, well,
3: this is it. I think there's arm it a, out. you have the
0: opportunity. Like Square Enix literally went around to a bunch of small teams and said, pitch us Gex. Pitch us Hitman. Pitch a- we own a pile of stuff. Pitch it. And I think, as president of Nintendo, you know what? Fine. Let's make a Zelda. Let's launch with a Zelda that's a port of a Zelda we should have released a year ago. Ooh,
1: you could have a Metroid game by Team Ninja, even.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not always going to work. But guess what? A Metroid game came out this that year, and we hadn't gotten one in a while.
3: And I that? regret its existence
0: in its entirety. Exactly. <laughs> and, and then Nintendo it. brought it back home to make hey. a soccer thing on 3DS? <laughs> I
1: don't understand. Hey. hey, I can say I enjoyed... Other M. You're in the minority, stupid. Mac. Oh, I know. <laughs> but but there's others it. out there. The story may have been stupid, but the gameplay was solid, and I enjoyed that concept. So if you want... This is my question, then. If you want to take a risk, a risk is not doing an open-world Zelda. I agree that you're saying not focusing on frame rate and high resolutions and stuff is you know, going against the grain, but doing an open-world Zelda is not the risk. The risk would be doing a 2d metroid on switch, you know, something that's historically, apparently well, bringing back ice climbers
0: anywhere, or I don't know. Um, a three D
1: Mario and three D Zelda
3: are known quantities. They are uh, going to work. I, I don't. I, so. I don't agree. I don't agree, guys. Well, I, no, I know, that, you, I know actually, that the whole two D Metroid thing would scratch that nostalgia itch that you're looking for. And believe me, if they I'm released another two D Metroid, game. I would buy it, and I would buy it for my friends. I would care yeah. that much. I'm but not but saying, that's say, I'm I, saying that's. the answer. I'm saying that's risky thing to do. And and an open-world Zelda is a risky thing to do, Mac. This is is a series that has always been linear. Even the ones that feel big have been a tiny... Please let me finish. Even the ones that feel big have always been in a tiny box with limited areas to explore and view and see, okay? So to change the paradigm and say, you can walk to that mountain in the distance, and you can do anything you feel like between here and there, that is risky, because the gameplay that Zelda has been wrapped around ever since it's become a 3D title has been so focused. It's been so fixed. And to, to break that and say, this is a Zelda that lets you do anything you want, and it still has this kind of control... It is risky, and I say that because I'm not sure it's going to work either, to Sam's point. Okay, but you, you just be- back, just because open it- worlds are popular today doesn't mean taking a franchise that has never been in an open world and placing it in an open never world is not Never been in a 3 open
1: world, because you know, the original Zelda and Link to the Past very much felt like a 2D representation of that. You could go anywhere, you could try anything, you could adventure out. The 3D ones have definitely been more on the rails, or at least more focused on that front. Okay, you but, but stepping step
0: back ahead. to unpredictability, I think, I think the fact that you look at the machine itself, and I'm not talking frame rate, I'm not talking about the fact that it is, um, but I'm talking about, look at what it does. It has, Nintendo has a library of game design elements that they can't seem to do without anymore, so the hardware has to reflect that. It has to have motion controllers. It has to have, you know, scannable thingamajiggies. It's, it has to, you know, the, the controllers have to make noise. It's all materials that are pulled from older... It, 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 is, it is a bunch of ideas that they can't divorce themselves from anymore. I mean, I was shocked to learn that this screen isn't a... Uh, isn't actually a touch surface because I figured you know Nintendo can't live without their touch screen anymore either, right? And so now we've got a list of features on this thing a mile long, and all I can say is that's neat, right?
1: <laughs> it does have touch screen. Capability. Oh, it does.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, like this is this is typical Nintendo machine to me in a weird sense where it is like. It has to be, it has to have, you know, motion gameplay. And for some reason, they're spending a ton of money on a really specific form of, uh, what are they even calling it, HD rumble or haptic rumble or something? Which I'm like, who said this was a good, like, I appreciate that it's a cool thing. I truly do. But it's just neat. Because I'm not seeing a gameplay thing that is not specifically like, Stop playing Zelda to fold your co- your your 3DS closed to do the thing, right?
2: That was neat, admittedly. Yeah,
0: well, that's it. Like, everything about Nintendo is neat. It's neat. I'm not, like, I was curious about the Kinect, but the Wii was neat.
3: I think Trent stormed off on us. I didn't storm <laughs> off. I'm just I'm taking everything in because like, and Scott, I, I I know that you're a PC gamer, and I don't want to paint you as a PC gamer to suggest that where you're coming from on this is biased. Because well, well, I, no. I don't. Okay,
0: here's the thing: we are biased. We talked about that. I'm not. I'm I'm gonna let that fly. I'm a PC gamer. I like mice.
3: Well, it's it's less so about controls, but like I, let's say hypothetically, the new Nintendo console was just a powerhouse. And it didn't have touchscreens. It didn't have uh, any uh, support to, to scan any doohickey, or or it didn't have any fancy rumbles for your controller. Uh, there was no IR support. You couldn't use the two Joy Cons as as motion control controllers. It was just a console that was powerful. No, it doesn't
0: even have to be powerful. It just has like if if they released a modest traditional ish console let's say just a modest machine with a controller and doesn't
3: exist anymore Traditionalist yep. consoles don't exist anymore the the, the the project scorpio the playstation 4 the playstation 4 pro the xbox one s these are all pseudo computers essentially they're they're steam machines they might as well be
0: yeah they're okay i will admit they are crap entertainment pcs yes
3: yes yes exactly they they're they're basically a a, a pc running a specific type of operating system yep, sold and on their convenience with, 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 with exclusives. With the, with the inability to upgrade or change any internals. That's essentially what they are. And I'm sorry if that offends people. Believe me, I love my PlayStation and and I had plenty of fun with my Xbox One. This isn't a diss to those consoles, but the fact of the matter well, is it's the those truth. consoles are aiming they, they aren't aiming to be anything other than a PC replacement for your home television. And that's not something that, that Nintendo has ever aimed for. They, they've always wanted their well, own unique experience. There was, you, you could, there,
0: there was a word processor on the NES in Japan. <laughs> I don't think it had a printer. Yes, yes,
3: but the NES, to your previous point, was marketed not in an electronic store, not in a computer store, but in the toy aisle. Yeah, mm-hmm. because Nintendo wanted to dissociate themselves from high-end yeah. electronics and focus on the fun. I mean
1: right? the X the Xbox One outright says it in all of its marketing. The Xbox One All-in-One Entertainment Center console, or whatever the heck they like tried it, to get it. Like it's to supposed
0: games. to be your PVR for cable
3: too, right? Th- well, at one point I think awesome. it was. Yeah, I think at launch it was, mm-hmm. and then. <laughs> <laughs> that that kind of changed with uh, leadership
1: yeah. but, <laughs> but you're right. um, the Nintendo <laughs> systems have typically been gaming that's what they're for they're just you know hey we're gonna be gaming we're gonna do something different
3: right so to that point I don't think they're ever gonna step up to the plate and say oh let's just be really good at being a pc for your television because that's never been their intent. And I'm not going to argue for the—I see where you're coming from to an extent, because if the cost of the system could be reduced by not having that scanning technology, or by not having some of the motion controls, I might be for it. I'm also not seeing what they're
0: adding to the game either. Like I'm not seeing what amiibos add to games.
3: But well, and and maybe they won't, and maybe they will. It's kind of hard to tell at this point if the functionality is going to be used better in the future. But at the same time, I'm not going to argue for removing some of these different features because I think the more features you provide, even if they're not all utilized by every developer, it just it, it brings more room for better experiences. Like the the Vita has a front touch screen, it has a back touch screen, it has a front facing camera, it has a back facing camera. I can't tell you how many Vita games I haven't used any of that junk on, but when I played Tearaway for the first time, it blew my mind. But not every one game. that does not, But that's the thing. Not every game is going to be tearaway, and not every game on the Switch is going to utilize all of its features. But if a few games do utilize those features and do it in a way that's new and interesting, and above all fun, that I'm down for that. I'm not,
0: I, Okay, I, I'm, I'm I will open grant that there's a great Warrior Wear coming for the Switch, right? <laughs> It might be called one there'll two be a, switch be a three.
3: Fantastic WarioWare, uh even though it's been eight years since we've seen a WarioWare. Well I mean of- if
0: if there's ever a time to bring back WarioWare, I think looking at one two switch is exactly when they should have called it WarioWare.
1: <laughs> I have a question before we go any further on any of this. Are how many of you all are actually getting one at
3: launch?
0: Mm, nope. We'll see where nope. it's at in eighteen months. Okay. Maybe
3: I, I just- won't I won't be getting one at launch, but I, I hopefully will be getting one for Father's Day.
2: My, okay. my goal is to continue to do what I always do with Nintendo products, which is watch and wait. Well,
0: that's why that's why I said the 18 months yes. rule, where it's like, that's, that's a good sign.
2: It's one of those things where, like I said, I, I actually do love, like, Nintendo. I do. I've just had years of frustration of the same... I find their games samey, and I think that's my problem, is I don't know if there's a part of me that's outgrowing Nintendo in ways. I'm sure there is. But when I saw Splatoon, for an example, I got really excited because it was actually something new. And it was something different. And above all else, it was fun. Mm -hmm. And I want more Splatoons. I don't want more Zeldas and more Marios because I look at that and I go, they still feel the same. They still feel familiar. And if we're going to go on about talking about the risks that Nintendo takes, then I don't feel like those are the franchises that really do it. Because there's still that feeling of the same, the feeling of familiar. Like, I I will fully throw down, I'm a Mario Kart 8 whore. When I got Mario Kart 8, I was completely in love with it. But because it actually changed up Mario Kart enough that I was like, okay, it's still familiar. But it's got enough differences that it feels fresh for me. I haven't felt that way about Zelda. Now, to be fair, I'm not the biggest Zelda fan. Um, Mario, on the other hand, I actually really do love Mario. And other than 3D World, I haven't really enjoyed Mario games.
1: Yeah, I, I can understand that. I am a huge 3D World fan. I love 3D World and 3D Land. But I'm definitely not the typical 3D Mario fan. I enjoyed me the, back in the day in the NES and Super Nintendo, but I've not been a fan of the you know Mario 64. I played it; it's not a favorite. Sunshine Galaxy; those just don't click with me. But 3D World did, you know Mario um, Odyssey. Eh, you know that that's different. But I think we're focusing on just the tentpole games. Mario yes. and Zelda, of course, are the the games that are going to draw nintendo fans in there's more being offered than that those are just the ones that get you know that get the notice that get the highlight are there any is there nothing else that has been shown for the switch that holds interest for you
2: the one i'm waiting to watch on is actually splatoon 2 and mm-hmm. it's because of the fact that i want to see what what they're going to do with it like is it going to be the same game or are they going to do enough of it to turn it into like Splatoon Watch? And if that's really? the case, I might get into that. Well, it seems I'm teasing, like the, it, but you know what it, I mean. It it's... seems
0: like there's more story this time. They've, they've explained. I didn't that... play
2: Splatoon for story.
0: <laughs> I know, but I'm saying that the story <laughs> mode might be more than just sort of like that weird time trialy thing that it kind of was.
2: Like I said, I don't like. i I've, I've been casually eyeing how the Switch is moving. Um, And it's just one of those things where it's, you know what, if an interesting Kirby game came along, sure, I'd be down for Mm -hmm. that. I would love to see more RPGs on Nintendo consoles, but that seems to be kind of, in our case, a bit of a crux. You don't see a lot of them. Xenoblade was kind of the first new ones we've ever gotten in a long time.
0: Okay, so I'm looking at the list of stuff that is so far promised. (laughs) There are uh, three Dragon Quests. Granted, it's 10 and 11.
1: So... Yeah, 11's likely, 10... Not here. Not. And there's Quest eight. Heroes 1 and 2 is yeah, fairly likely, but still, at the same time... There's, there's a Fire it's, Emblem. It's, here, it's not typical. Mm-hmm. There's a... Oh, there's, there's the Shin Megami Tensei game that yeah. is unannounced and untitled, and could be Shin Megami Tensei 5. But we really don't know.
0: Yeah.
2: Exactly. Because, like, we have because, lots of rumblings, and rumblings are great wrong with that well
3: it's not just rumble like i I can't speak for everyone but one of the things that got me the most excited about the switch reveal was project octopath
2: Mm -hmm. yes that's actually again that's another one i have my eye on it's i have like i said a lot of curiosity that's sitting in me and it's why i can't fully get on board yet but this is how i've always been with later nintendo consoles other than the super nintendo which is i'm still convinced is my baby because that was the system that got me into RPGs in a way that I think a lot of us, you know, we can speak of like Super Nintendo had so many wonderful things on it and some of them were so different and Mm -hmm. they were risks as Trent is politely telling us tonight. Um, And I agree with that. And I miss those days in a lot of ways. I'm not, it's not that I want nostalgia, but there is a part of me that doesn't feel the same magic that I well, used to feel. There, there's,
0: used to go. there's not a sense of discovery walking no. into the Nintendo section of the store, right? Yeah. I mean, okay, say what you will about. And I mean, obviously, I think the whole medium is getting a little stagnant. Oh, God. Somewhere, it. you know, everyone's got their house style, and that house style is kind of samey. But I think the Nintendo section is. Just this narrow field of stuff, and it's all kind of got to play. I mean, I think they they're even starting to play the same way in a weird sense, where you know the way the 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 just just okay. So okay, so part of that is Nintendo's rule of you know Yonkoma game design, where they introduce you to the mechanic, and then they and you mess around with it, and then they start mixing it with other mechanics. In surprising ways, but you, you, when that becomes the structure of every level, you, you see it and you can't not see it. And I mean, there are plenty of games that do this. I love Half Life 2, and every level is just that. Uh, the campaign of Titanfall 2 was the exact same way, where it's like, hey, we're gonna let you mess around with this gimmick and then it goes away. But I think, you know, there's, I'm just not yeah. seeing the spark from any Nintendo game, quite, like... I mean, uh, Splatoon was the outlier, and that was second party, right?
1: Eh, no. No, that was Nintendo.
0: Well, Nintendo published, but it was an entirely new team.
1: Well, Nintendo internally um, developed, too. It wasn't, like, you know, Platinum or something made Splatoon or anything like that. It was Nintendo Entertainment, I guess, Analysis Development, whatever their group was. So, yeah, it was... Nintendo internal, it was first party.
0: Alright, and like, and I think at this point, going back to, you know, resurrecting old-day IPs, I just want to see part of my desire is just to see some of those formulas come back. And I, you know, mm-hmm. even though, you know, the formula for F-Zero is go fast, <laughs> but, you know, there's, there's yeah. not a lot in that, there's not a lot of sci-fi racers anymore, so maybe that would be something for me. So, yeah. like, I want to see something new that is new and not like just neat. Like Splatoon was exciting to see, whereas um, yeah, the 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 punching game they're doing is neat. you don't
1: like arms.
3: Yeah,
0: I don't like <laughs> arms. You think... Have you watched?
3: Have you watched much of the gameplay? Um, a bit. I'm just. I've I've seen like an hour's worth of gameplay between people. There's a lot that goes into it. I think you'd have to. I I, I don't don't base your impression of arms based on that initial reveal. Is what I would suggest. Yeah.
2: I think it's one of those um, if they had it in a store and you could try it, why not? Right. Well,
3: that's it. And some of it is just
0: literally getting my hands on this somehow. Yeah. Like if one of these events rolls through town that I can actually get to. I'll be happy to eat my words <laughs> and try new things. Can,
3: can I can I pose a question to you? Yeah, let's have question. And when I say to you, I mean I mean the group, not necessarily to you, Scott. But is it not possible? And I say this uh, with due respect to the Super Nintendo. That the reason why you feel so strongly about the Super Nintendo is because you feel the same way about the PlayStation and the PlayStation Two and the PlayStation Three late cycle and now the PlayStation Four. Because if you look at Nintendo, the one console that really is the outlier for them is the Super Nintendo. Because instead of doing something new and in- interesting and innovative, they took what they had done before and they said, let's make it more powerful, let's mm-hmm. add a few more buttons, let's open it up so that we have more third parties, let's get every f- JRPG we can on this machine. Mm-hmm. And Mode And, and, and Mode and, 7 graphics. And, and, and who followed that exact same principle in the next generation? PlayStation. Yeah. And then PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 3. So mm-hmm. if, if the spark you feel of Nintendo, if that longingness you have for this Nintendo uh, is based on the Super Nintendo, well, I'm sorry, but that spark, that longing, it doesn't exist because that was one generation. And whatever that was, I think, in terms of its spirit, transferred to Sony and Sony has filled the boots of that role very well ever since that time. And it's one of the reasons why every Sony console, handheld or otherwise, is just a haven for role-playing games. <laughs> and, and I love that, too. Believe me, I love that, too. And, and Trent, what, I was going to say, what saying,
2: is I 100% agree with you, because I can admit that that happened to me 100%. It did yeah, and that I
1: explains didn't. why people don't like some of the newer stuff.
2: But, and that's what I mean. Like Trent actually hits it right on the nail. I didn't buy a sixty-four. My friends had sixty-fours. The more I played the sixty-four, I was like, "This just isn't for me." Yeah, even and though, though,
0: though
1: it I has
3: a hurt. Hercule- there's there's game. no problem with that either. There's, yeah, I, I, I'm in no way am I trying to assert that people who don't feel the GameCube or the N sixty-four or the Wii or the Wii U or the Switch or or the NES even. I, I I in no way am trying to suggest like that's the wrong ideology to approach the consoles. Not at with. all. At the at the end of the day. You buy the console that feels right for you, but what I think is that people have this conception of a Nintendo fall from grace, and I'm not sure it's a fall from grace so much as it is a direction that they've been going, like they, that they've been going through ever since at least 1990, yeah. 1995, 1996, where they said, "Listen, they're going to do their thing. That's fine. <laughs> they can do they can do their thing." Well, this now we're what back we're to doing. Apple computers, right? Yeah.
1: No, I I think you're right, but I don't think it happened at the time you think it happened. I think the N64 was an attempt to continue on that path that failed, which led them down going other paths. And they were content with those other paths
0: and have been successful in their own right. Like Apple Computers, which, by the way, Apple Computers is much more
3: successful with their handhelds. (laughs) Well, actually, actually, Mac, I I think... I think you're right that I was wrong with the time period, but I think the time period where that actually happened, where they said, no, we're not doing that, this is what we're doing, is when mm-hmm. they rejected the Sony prototype of a CD disk drive for the Super Nintendo. And yep. then someone said, okay, well, we're, we're taking what we have here, and we're going to do our thing. You know, I, I think there yeah. was a point where Nintendo made a conscious decision to just being in the GameCube
1: <laughs> like that GameCube era and around that time is exactly when that happened because there was nothing like the GameCube it had some great exclusives and it was just totally weird the field and weird and the we yeah. did it and was more successful with it because it branched out into other you know other demographics that it hadn't gotten before See, and yeah. the Wii U was just kind of a, a misfire because it tried to be the Wii and it tried to be new, and the tablet idea was not fully fleshed out the way they wanted it to. It didn't even do the one fundamental thing that would have made it an ideal console for me, as everything is playable on just the tablet. Some games you can't do that completely on, and it, or you can't do it well on. They tried; they couldn't decide if they wanted it to be a, a second screen or a shared screen, and you know, that that was its own thing, and we'll not worry about the Wii U, but I, I agree, that's when it kind of took that opposite path, is around, you know, at the end of the N64 when they're like, hmm, you know, this console came out and didn't do exactly what we wanted, so we're going to shift gears. Well,
2: let's yeah, be honest, I what guess... you guys are describing is stubbornness. Oh. And there's nothing wrong with stubbornness, but I mean, just the way that Trent described Nintendo, there's a part of me that's looking at it and going... He's basically describing a company that's incredibly stubborn and incredibly rigid.
0: And it's only had to answer to... They've only ever had to answer to each other.
2: Exactly. And it's, it's kind of right? interesting the way that you phrased it. Like I was just kind of listening to it and I'm like, it's like watching a small child
3: or an old okay, Japanese man. Okay, okay. I think I <laughs> think you're reaching levels of I am of reaching being levels of being
2: a, I am being a little hyperbolic, but I mean but, it. But
3: but and and this and this is the thing like I <laughs> they do their own thing, but isn't it nice to have a an organization that isn't a slave to people who own stock?
2: No, no, no. I that, that,
1: that's Okay. Well, their shareholder meetings are still pretty awful.
3: Yeah.
2: Um no. But, but they
1: okay. still seem to go against them even Despite that. <laughs>
2: well, that's what I mean. Well, I,
1: the
0: shareholders I <laughs> want them to do something, and the, the then the team's like, no, we don't want to do that something. See,
2: see Trent, I think you kind of misinterpreted what I meant, though, by a small child. When I think of Nintendo, there's a part of me oh, that oh, thinks of... Oh, it was of... a
3: compliment, right?
2: <laughs> it, actually, it actually is, though, in a way. It's the marching to the beat of their own drum. You have the small child who's like, I want to wear this skirt with this top even though it makes absolutely no sense and the mother saying you need to fall in line and the child going nah i think i'm good it actually is a compliment i think it's actually great that nintendo can do that and that they're okay with that but you also get that sense of stubbornness that why should we have to be the ones to fall in line
3: yeah i guess it's fair that's
2: what i meant well
1: on on that note then if they didn't go in a totally opposite direction what would be the point is there a point of having a console out there that's just as powerful and as spec ready and as entertainment ready as the playstation 4 and the xbox one that does the exact same thing may have the same multi-platform stuff and just has nintendo games instead of uncharted instead of halo is there really is that
3: the market people want
2: I think it depends on if you actually care about that kind well, of stuff. Well, I think... Well,
3: I, no, no. I, I, the, like, the 3DO, the CDI... No, like, no, the, I... there were so There were so many consoles that mm-hmm. proved demonstrably that, hey, this market that focuses on high-spec games and trying to bring that PC experience to the living room, uh, there's not room for more than two players there. No, yeah. no, I'm, and those need players three? are Xbox well, and PlayStation. I think, well, this
0: point. is it. You you have the capacity for them not to be the factory that always has these weird toyetic add-ons to everything they do. But the guys that are just sitting here saying we are family friendly, we are budget friendly, and we make games that appeal to a bunch of different kinds of people. Like, I'm not saying they need to step up and produce a $500. Entertaining PC. I don't saying, think
2: anyone actually wants that. Up, so. I think
0: they there's there there's a gap in the market between you know low cost handhelds and high cost and the highest end stuff. And I think they could because I mean honestly, the reason why hardcore people choose uh, Nintendo machines as their second co- their second console is it's affordable for the exclus for the sake of exclusives, right? So if they can be affordable and Mm -hmm. at least amenable to third parties just kind of doing their own thing there and i'm not saying like oh we need to have like the downspec version of cod on every every year on nintendo but if ea has something with a broader appeal that they could release like i think like like nintendo doesn't have uh grow home or grow up the, the Ubisoft like climbing man game it was a plant like that that yeah. feels like a fit like that feels like a space it yeah. should have happened
1: I, I feel like though you focused on price and affordability when I understand what it's coming out at now is on the same line as the current prices of other consoles that are right, out there or,
0: or more kind of yeah. maybe
1: yeah but you know it's hard to really do that same comparison because you're not oranges in this case. It is not the same thing. If they had just come out and said, you know, we're going to compete with the PlayStation 4, we're going to be the same price, we're going to have our exclusives, we're going to have some multi-platform games, that would have been something. But I don't feel like that's the experience they're offering. And I don't see it being unreasonably priced for that. Right. It's and not I- like it's $400 or 500 or whatever like the PlayStation 3 came out at PlayStation 4 came out at 400 Xbox one was what 500
3: yeah and it we're we're also in a time period within those consoles cycles where they have slim versions of what was previously offered and there have been significant price reductions and I don't think the price that the switch is at currently is going to be the same price it's going to be at in a year if you remember how the 3ds was like it's not going
1: up that's for sure
3: within like 7 months of the 3DS's launch they dropped the price by a whole $80 and sales went up by 220%. You know, I I think, you know, maybe they're trying to grab on to some of that early adopter install money mm-hmm. and and then when the time is right, maybe around Christmas Given that yeah. Zelda and Mario and Mario Kart and Splatoon 2 will all be on the console, it'll be the perfect storm time for them to drop the price. But
1: we haven't even talked about the fact that they've already sold out at the current price that they're at now. Well, Nintendo yeah.
0: always under supplies, though.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, they've sold enough. They know how much they're going to get out of those. They know how much you're going to go out. They know they what they're get to go, they're to, they're go to the
0: quarterly shareholder meeting and say, look, we did a good
1: yeah, so they're selling through what they can make. make. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I think simple.
3: I think that
0: I think there's this point where you can where I think their relationship really the the business side of Nintendo is really conflict oriented. I think you have shareholders who just aren't necessarily jiving with what the actual creatives are doing. Mm. And I think um, how are we running for time? Okay, we're button up on it. Do we have any closers, Sam?
2: I'm just, again, I'm going to keep watching, like, with the Switch. I mean, I'm I'm hopeful, but it's one of those things where, um, like I said, I think Trent said it best. I'm just clearly stuck in a Sony loop because, you know, I Mm -hmm. want games that actually excite me and entice me. And just, for me, Nintendo's not doing it. And I want them to do it. Like, that's the part I think that always breaks my heart is there's that part of me that wants Nintendo to rev my engine. And... A lot of the time, it just flatlines.
0: So, so like when you miss time that super boost uh, at, at the start of Mario Kart, yeah, you're not revving it right. No. Okay. Now,
2: to be fair, again, my glorified Mario Kart machine does make me happy. And it, has, it does have Captain Toad. We do like Captain Toad in this house, but
1: it would work better with pump action. But I
2: could do that. <laughs> 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 But Go yeah, back. no. I mean, Fall forward. I never want Nintendo to not be a player. I think just. A lot of us have different ideas of where Nintendo's supposed to fit in. And maybe in a lot of ways, and I think, again, Trent said it best, maybe they're not supposed to. Maybe they are supposed to be the ones just constantly doing their own thing for better or worse.
0: Mac? There you go.
1: I definitely am looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to the Switch. I've got mine pre-ordered. I'm picking up Zelda, Bomberman, going to get a couple of ports like Binding of Isaac uh, I Am Setsuna. Has-Been Heroes. I'm looking forward to a lot of stuff that's still coming. And, you know, Xenoblade 2 especially. That's, you know, that's one of the games that I would most like to see a sequel to. So, hopefully it lives up to it. I'm always, always hesitant on anything that doesn't have an official title. Like, you know, the Shin Megami Tensei Project. Don't know what that is. Could or, be great. Or Could Project be Giant
0: Robot, which oh. they cancelled on me.
1: Yeah. Could be a card uh, game, Oct-
2: Mac. Could be a card Oct- Oct- game.
1: Octopath Traveler looks amazing. Octopath Traveler looks amazing. It's still Project Octopath Traveler, which means who knows when it's coming, you know, what's going on. It's still to be announced. It turns out to be Donkey Kong game later. (laughs) You know, I I don't think it's going to be bad on that front. But just I'm always hesitant on anything that's, you know, not officially titled, still considered a project game if we don't have an official date for it, things like that, there's just so many things that can happen over time. So where the future goes, I don't know. It, it could flounder. It could not go anywhere. But the launch looks solid to me. It's getting the demographic that is pretty much me. So, you know, if I can sit and play Breath of the Wild on a plane, awesome. I'm going to do it. And Short, plane, get, ride, though, right?
0: Short plane ride, though, <laughs> right? Short plane ride
1: hey if it's got three hours of battery life i never sit down and play a portable for more than three hours without having somewhere to charge it so three hour battery life is not a bad thing any of my handhelds like that it's not like the 3ds is i know the, the, know, the 3ds is about it, a well, nine about hour time.
0: machine right
1: okay if that i wouldn't even say mine lasts that long half the time it seems like or at least standby standby mode's going to be the important thing and that's what i want to <laughs> see how it lasts because if the standby mode doesn't hold up it doesn't matter if you've got a three-hour battery life. If your are five hours that you have it sitting in your bag while you're waiting to pick up, pick it up to play again, it dies during that time, that's a problem.
3: So we'll see. All right. you know, I've got one pre-ordered and I'm ready.
0: So Trent, is your buddy Reggie? Uh, I,
3: I, I do not have one pre-ordered because I don't believe in pre-ordering. And you also <laughs> have a baby to pay for. And I also have a baby to pay for. Um, that being said, I've I've bought every Nintendo console... Since I was able to buy consoles, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to get a Switch. It's a matter of time. Uh, and I think it's, it's really easy in today's environment for everyone to be very cynical in how they approach uh, Nintendo. Because Nintendo doesn't fit the molds. And they never go in the direction we think that they're going to go. Uh, and I think it's pretty easy for anyone who is even a casual observer of the Wii U to say, that was not a success. But at the same time, if you look at where the Switch is going to be positioned by the end of 2017, it's going to be a unique console in an environment that doesn't really facilitate unique consoles, and it's going to have a lot of big-name games that are attached to it. So I am optimistic about its future at this point in time. I have no idea if it's going to sell Wii numbers I have no idea if it's going to sell Wii U numbers, uh, but I know that at some point I'm going to get it, and I am, like Mac, going to enjoy pooping and playing games at the same
2: time.
1: Oh yeah.
2: So I wanna, <laughs> I'm gonna point something out, um, and you guys can all hold me to this. So when I first met Scott and the Wii U came out, or the Wii came out, we made a bet, and the bet was that within what was it a year? I was going to have a week. Yeah. So I think we're going to make the same bet. The same bet being that in a year's time from this podcast, let's find out if Sam bought a Switch.
0: Alright, you, you heard it here. Uh, so first, I do want to thank you for listening, and as a thank you, we've teamed up with Gamefly.com. It's a streaming service for more than 8,000 different games going straight to your smart TV or a set-top box and uh, we're going to offer you a 30-day free trial of GameFly. All you have to do is go to GameFlyOffer.com RPGamer, and you can start with 30 days of streaming, try something out, and I'm actually going to recommend uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions... Hashtag? Sharp? F-E. Uh, it's the, uh, the not quite Shimagami tensei fire Emblem game on Wii U, so if you didn't pick one up, you don't have to feel bad, because now... You can play it at home on a machine you probably already have. We're going to go to feedback, which is Disa, who would like to remind us that uh, she rushed to listen to the episode and comment because apparently she's dedicated like that, and um...
1: counted all the references to Final Fantasy Thirteen that we've made on the on the show, and this counts as another one because I just said it. So, yeah. you know, that's impressive enough. <laughs>
0: And of course she does love fun colours for handhelds, because who doesn't? Yeah. And apparently we are influencing her buying habits, although she has not sent in her membership to the San Marcello fan club. Nine ninety-five.
2: <laughs> I I still don't like this fan club, I'm just saying. And I don't think anyone should spend nine ninety five on it. I think they would be very disappointed.
3: <laughs> I haven't been.
2: <laughs> yeah, Mac and Trent are enthused members.
1: No disappointments. Yeah. not at all.
0: There's a newsletter.
2: <laughs> I'm uncomfortable.
1: You should be. That's the point.
0: <laughs> all right. <laughs> so again, uh, you can leave your comments on the Gamer forums. You can obviously do all the subscribing and the sharing that you should do. But we'll catch you next time when we talk about linearity. Mm. Linearity. All right.
2: Going back to RPG focus. This is exciting.
0: Yeah, we're not going to talk about money or machines for a while.
2: No more money machines. Sam finds these conversations painful.
0: Yeah. Bye.
2: <laughs> you boys Buh-bye. and your specs.
0: The Active Topical banter Show is an RP Gamer production. Visit RPGamer.com for past episodes, comment sections, other great podcasts, as well as piles upon piles of written content. All music is courtesy of OCRemix.com composed by Nobuo Oimatsu. Thank you for listening. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast on the internet.
2: It
1: has pump action.
2: It has pump action! But we're almost out, so I was trying to explain to him my dilemma in the bathtub this evening. <laughs> Probably one of the best contests we had done in years.
0: Yeah. It was the only contest we'd done in years.
1: I
2: know. It's been a while.
1: True. I'm a lazy ass. People need to get people interested in giving us stuff for contests again. But I'm still having fun with Bur- Bursaria? Bursaria. Nounce that.
2: You had How it you, right. Berseria. Where do they come
1: from, these names? I'm, I'm up, more their
2: more butts, up, your, up their butts, honey. Up their butts. To be it's fair. Zestfully Clean. Zestfully Clean had it